We're looking for people who have been blessed by this free podcast and our free daily marriage prayer emails and who want to help be a blessing to others. Creating and hosting this podcast and sending out our daily emails do incur a financial cost. And we want to invite you to join our faithful patron team to help financially support these resources so that they can remain free for all who need them. Please join our patron team today and become one of the faithful financial supporters who desires to help bless thousands of marriages around the world. Your support will help us pay for the creation, hosting, and promotion of our podcast and daily emails. Thank you, and we hope to see you become a Marriage After God patron. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast. We're your hosts, Aaron and Jennifer Smith. We have been married 15 years and have five sweet children who are growing up way too fast. We love God and we love marriage. And we love to be honest about it all. Marriage is not always a walk in the park, but we do believe it has a powerful purpose. So our goal here is to open up the conversation to talk about our faith and our marriage. Especially in light of the gospel. We certainly don't have all the answers, but if you stick around, we may just make you laugh. But our hope is to encourage you to chase boldly after God's purpose for your life together. This is Marriage After God. Ready, set, go. Welcome back to another episode of Marriage After God. I'm your host, Jennifer Smith. I'm Aaron Smith. No, I said I'm your host. I was kidding. Oh. Aaron's here too. We are. It's a we. I know, but you let me do the intro, so. (laughs) You change it however you want. Well, uh, seriously, welcome back. Thank you for being here today. We hope that today's episode blesses you and encourages you and yeah. What's today's episode about? Today we are going to We're going to discuss how our past, aka a baggage, so you know, people say it's never mind. <laughs> what do people say? I don't know. <laughs> you got baggage. How it may be affecting your present. <laughs> right. So we're gonna be talking about those past things that kind of crept into our present nows. Okay. We should just move on. Okay. Sponsor is. <laughs> oh, I'm you do the sponsor. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by our 31 prayers for my son and daughter devotionals. Uh, next to our marriage, our children are the greatest ministry that we have been given. They truly are a gift from God and he desires us to not only take care of their physical needs, but also their emotional and spiritual ones. And so Aaron and I created these devotionals for all parents to be able to pray for their son and daughter or sons and daughters. (laughs) And so, yeah, we just wanted to encourage you guys to build a daily habit of praying for our little ones, praying for your little ones. After this episode, please pick up your copy and begin a lifelong journey of interceding for your children. You can get yours today at amazon.com or shop.marriageaftergod.com. So I'm going to set up the scene here as we intro into today's topic. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember when I told you we signed up for CC this year. It's called Classical Conversations, and it's uh, once a week you go to Community Day, which is just, I don't know why, I feel like I'm stuttering or something. It's Community Day, and we get to meet up with our class and our friends, and we go through what we're learning about, which is really fun. But Every time, every time when we come back home, I get out of the car and I'm like telling the kids, you know, what we're doing the rest of the day. And they kind of just fly. They're like, they're and gone. everything gets dumped at the front door. <laughs> yeah. Well, half of it at least. And so the other half yeah. still stuck in the car, in the van. That's also true. Yeah. And they're like overflowing with their schoolwork or like 
Ziploc baggies or whatever they had that day. And so, uh, yeah, like Aaron said, the others are just left right in front of the doorway to trip over or be in my way. So that's kind of just how it's been every Wednesday. <laughs> We're working on things. This is our first year actually having backpacks and there's five of them. And so I don't, the kids are just like, we're homeschooled. We don't know what to do with backpacks. <laughs> I don't know. Well, they don't have a place to put them. Yeah. But also every, we have like this thing in our home where every flat surface is stuff like a, gets put it's stuff a place on. to put stuff. You know what's really funny about that is I spent all day trying to clean off countertops and the laundry room has been kind of an eyesore for me because it sits behind the kitchen and we've just been stockpiling a bunch of stuff back there that needs to go out to the garage or be put away. And so today I was like, I'm going to do this. And so I get it all clean. I wipe it down. I'm so happy. The the laundry room's looking sparkly clean. And then we had to clean out the van and there was like bike helmets and stuff from Home Depot. And I'm four months like, of clothes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like taking all this stuff out and I'm realizing I'm just putting it on the laundry counter and I'm <laughs> mad at myself. Flat surface. Why am it's I doing right this? there. We do it. Yeah. It's not my kids' fault. <laughs> Their backpack situation. It's totally mine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's all that baggage. Yeah. Well, that's what, oh, that's why <laughs> I brought this up for a reason. I was painting a picture for you guys. So, uh, <laughs> The, the point is that it's a process of learning and the need is that by every Wednesday, we need the backpacks cleaned out and ready to go and prepared for the following week, mm-hmm. right? So it could be used again. So it could be used again the mm-hmm. right way. Yeah, the right way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'll move on. Today, we want to find those bags in our lives that have been left to collect dust or the ones that we kind of leave right there to consistently trip us up and be in our way. And we want to encourage you to take an intentional moment to sift through it and clean it out and put it away. Or at minimum, at least let the Holy Spirit point out stuff to us that we've been holding on to. <laughs> um, and that we were, you actually were, we were just talking about um, this book you're reading and this idea of going on family hikes. Oh, yeah. And the, they were discussing having the kids have a backpack and you were saying, well, I was laughing because as I'm reading it, she's like, put a couple of small snacks in there, which is a great idea. And you know, we put like I water lo- bottles. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm lunch. only bringing three backpacks, not five or seven. And I load them up and then they're too heavy. And for we always kids. end up, we're carrying all the yeah, backpacks. I've got, I've got two kids and five. Members. Yeah. The <laughs> backpack, the, the baggage, this, the, the reason that term is used is because it's things that we, that we carry with us and weigh us down. Yeah. And make things hard. And sometimes we don't even know those things are there. Um, and so hopefully in this episode. Okay. But other times it's things that we don't want to let go of. Yeah. We, yeah. We're like hoarders yeah. of our past stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so we hopefully like, first of all, you're encouraged as always. That's what we want to, we want to also make you laugh a little bit, but uh, you know, are, are we just going to be allow, allow the Holy spirit to make us aware mm-hmm. and open our eyes and, and, and point things out to us. For the purpose of being better, yeah. growing, mature, maturing, uh, being free from those things. So mm-hmm. that's what this episode about. So I think the first thing that needs to happen in order for, for anyone to be able to start unloading the past or mm-hmm. you know, being able to move forward from it is to recognize that um, we're, we're multifaceted creatures. We're, we're a little bit complex. Yeah, I think we... we oversimplify ourselves and we think, oh, this is who I am. And we, and we forget that there's a plethora of Mm -hmm. variables in our life that affect us. And so not only do we have our flesh, 
our biology, like how our brain works, the things that we like, the like the the things that hurt us and our, our pain thresholds and all these things about our biology. But we also have a heart mm-hmm. or in other words, our will, mm-hmm. like things that we desire, things that we we want, um, ways of thinking. We also have our spirit, which is is our er, er, eternal identity. We're 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 eternal creatures. And those all of those things can and are affected in by many different things. Um, this whole idea of nature and nurture, right? You know, well, was it your environment or was it your DNA? Well, both. <laughs> There's outside influences and situations as well as personal choices and beliefs. Mm-hmm. Things that all of these things, if and each one of us can just kind of look at the whole of our life, how we were raised, re- relationships we've had, ways of thinking, things th- uh, things that we had no control of that have happened to us and how those things might have affected us and, and have crept into our today mm-hmm. and how we respond and act and think. And so I think at least for me, it's hard sometimes to recognize certain, certain things about myself, um, to see ourselves um, objectively. For you, you say it's hard. For me, I'm resistant. <laughs> I'm not gonna look. <laughs> but it's also hard. It's like you, even when it's stuff's presented, it's you're like, wait a minute, that's Ooh, not yeah. that's not real. Like you're you're just you yeah. know, but it's but they are. They're they're things that exist, and uh, so I think it'd be foolish for us to continue in life, mm-hmm. and just believe that we are who we are. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a process that needs to be learned. Just like, you know, how I was talking about our kids, like they need to be told by someone, hey, go put your backpack away because they don't know the consequence yet of of tripping over a backpack or how mom feels when it's stuck in the car. Like they or the worst one of them getting in a bad habit their whole life, bad habit, (laughs) putting stuff away, not being prepared or ready for the next one. Yeah. So just like they need the direction and the guidance and the know how, Mm -hmm. like sometimes we maybe always, we need someone telling us, hey, maybe you should do this. So that's what we're here for today. We're going to tell <laughs> hey, you. maybe you should do this. And, it, and there's a term that we've used um, throughout our marriage, this idea of self-awareness. Yeah. It's something that we should get better at and just grow in. And and, and it's, it's not just a self-awareness that we kind of only look from our own eyes, but we allow, we look through God's eyes. Mm -hmm. We look through his word and we say, okay, who are we? Um, and that's the beauty of God's word is that it is always a true reflection of us, of who we are without Christ and of who we are with him. That's good. Explain that real quick. Well, we, we can have a self-evaluation and we're looking at ourselves like, no, who I am is who I am. And you can't say nothing about it, Mm -hmm. but all that is, is just saying, this is my view. My, per, my position. Like when you have a cute outfit on and you look in the mirror and you're like, man, I look good today, but like you never turned around to see what's, yeah, your what's going on back yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mullet. It's got a mullet back there. Uh, but when we look at the word, it's not, it, it's not going to take into account how you see you, mm-hmm. but it will tell you how you see you and whether that's right or wrong. And But what it's going to, what it really is, what the word of God is doing is it's telling us who we are. Mm-hmm. And that it, either way, whether we're with Christ or not, mm-hmm. it's saying, oh, here's who, here's who you are without Christ. Here's who you are with Christ and who Christ is making you to be. And so Second Corinthians, just a, a handful of verses I want to just throw out here, just kind of start this conversation off. Because if we don't believe these things, then it doesn't matter what we say today. You're just going to always remain where you're at. 
because that's what you believe. But if we believe these things, then a whole new world gets opened up for us and there's some awesome things. So you're about to hold up a mirror. Yeah, here's the mirror. Second <laughs> Corinthians 5.17. This is who we are in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. This is a hard verse for a lot of believers to, like we read it, we're like, yeah, that sounds great. But I personally, and, I, and I, I'm sure other people have felt this way on many different things because of different ways of being, different sin in my life. I look at this, I'm like, that sounds great, but not for me mm. because it doesn't seem to be working for me. In Which the times it, that you... Couldn't change. Yeah, couldn't change. Like there's a sin I couldn't overcome. There was a, there's a, a way of being that wouldn't be transformed. And mm-hmm. I would say like, well, where's that new creation? Mm-hmm. The reality is, is this is true. I was just believing the lie that I couldn't mm-hmm. be that, that I'm not a new creation. And so the reality for every believer who is in Christ, they are a new creation. That is their current status, new creation. And the old has passed away and the new has come. So that's the truth. Ephesians 5, 8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Also true currently. Mm. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So we have these two verses that are like, this is your current status. And then you have this third verse that is like, Here's how your current status, but also your current um, operation. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. And I just want to encourage you guys listening. Like this verse about being transformed by the renewal of your mind is not like a one-time, look, your mind is transformed. More so, it's a continual process of being transformed. Mm -hmm. Like when you're in the word daily and you're abiding in, in the word it's transforming you. And I think sometimes we get caught up as Christians, especially those those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we think, oh, I was transformed. And then we wrestle and we get confused and we get frustrated over things not changing. But how long has it been since we've been actively in the word? Right. And it, it's also a lifelong transformation. Uh, what I, I love about this verse right here in Romans 12 too there's this contrast of being conformed versus being transformed. Conformed is if you imagine like setting Play-Doh into a mold, you just set it on top and it slowly just forms to the mold. It's very passive. This is what happens when we do not actively believe what the word says. Mm -hmm. We just slowly conform to the world and its standards, but being transformed, that's an active thing that Christ does through his word, by that renewal of our minds. So when we read his word, our minds actually change and we change with it. So when our minds change, our lives change. We, we are being transformed. Which so that is not a passive thing. That's it's not passive at all. Thing, yeah. It's very active. And then it says by testing, you may discern. So all of those yeah. things about transformation are very active things. Transformation, renewal, testing, all good things. So all this to say is that part of this new creation that we are, um, is that we're being changed, transformed, renewed every day if we let God, if we if we allow his word to transform us and renew our minds. And so that's where we're moving forward in this, this conversation is, hey, let's let God's word, you know, reveal things to us. Let's 
let his spirit point out to us areas that he desires to change in us. The Bible calls it the circumcision of Christ. It's, it's him coming into our lives and cutting away dead flesh and transforming us. One of the reasons we wanted to share this specific topic with you guys today, you know, the why, why is this important is we we think it's worth exploring our hearts to see if there's anything that has been in there for a while, something that's been affecting us or maybe something that gets triggered when certain things happen and we feel a certain way mm-hmm. because marriage is full of consistent interactions with one another. <laughs> right? Like we're millions of yeah, yeah, little little ways and big ways. And so because this happens on the daily all the time, it's important to know like what comes out of us. And is it coming from somewhere in the past? Is it coming from a more recent past, you know, and and how is it motivating our reactions and responses? Mm-hmm. I I can't remember the the scripture reference, but it's um out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And what's in our hearts yeah, and things come out of us. Um, and, and Jesus even s- says this, he says, it's not what goes into the stomach that defiles a man, but what comes out of him. <laughs> yeah. And we were talking about, uh, the difference between reactions and responses. And I mean, we have to, we talk about our responses to each other all the time, because if I say something in a way that hurts you, we're talking about it. If you do it, mm-hmm. we're talking about it. And so it's just a thing that marriage has to do. And so, um, you said this, you explained it really good. You said a response is intentional and thoughtful. It's self-controlled. And a reaction is just prompt. We just, we're, right, we're reacting in, in our flesh yeah. based off of our dispositions and so those, those things, those things in the baggage area <laughs> mm-hmm. are going to come out in a reaction. Right. But if we are more thoughtful, more self-aware, just walking and keeping in step with the spirit, we can learn and practice and grow in being able to respond right. thoughtfully to all circumstances in life. Yeah. Not just our spouse, not just our kids. Um, but that, that's what I want to be. I want to be a person that learns to respond rather than just react. Right. Okay. So let's talk about some of these things that we would find in our bags, <laughs> in our backpacks. Yeah. Let's talk about all yours. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> My list is a little longer than Aaron's. No. No, no this is kind of just I like. I have them too. This it's, is mixed of like ours, but also general. Right. And sometimes they're, um, as we were, when we were writing our notes, our, these things can be very subtle. And actually hard to identify sometimes. Yeah. So, but I am praying that God does reveal these things in me. So I have some too, for sure. Um, I imagine that um, probably the most common place where we have stored up issues, baggage, stuff that we've drugged from the past. Or just held on to. Oh, like, yeah. And held on to yeah. it is um, past hurts in relationships with our spouse, with our friends, parents. Probably parents is a big one. Um, and so. Huge influence. Yeah, whether they were around or not, both can have profound influence on our life and effect in the kind of people we are and how we react (laughs) in situations. And these come in many different forms. Betrayal, which is a big, big one. Like when when someone we love betrays us, betrays our trusts. Um, Broken trust. Yeah. Fights, you know, that we've had either physical or emotional or verbal. These types of things that we've had between people that mean a lot to us. Um, issues with our mother, father, or both, uh, that, that has a, 
that has an effect on us mm-hmm. and how we move forward in life and, and the kinds of, and the way we view our spouse and the way we view our children and the way we respond in certain cir- circumstances. Like you said, use the word trigger. Mm-hmm. Like there's lots of things that trigger us and we might respond based off of those old yeah. hurts. So that's a really good summary of just relationships, like relationships yeah. affect us. Uh, for others, it could be PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's guilt or regret from choices previously made, uh, bad habits that kind of just stuck with you. <laughs> right. Right. They just kept going. <laughs> uh, debts. And also a huge one is addiction. Yeah. These could be a lot of these things. Like I brought addiction into our marriage mm-hmm. and I've talked about that a lot. Um, uh, debt also, uh, things that actually shaped quite a bit of the first parts of our marriage like years. Uh, so those, those all have things. So I don't, I don't, some of these other things I may not personally deal with, but, and you may not, but there are people that do, mm-hmm. um, but all of these things, all of these different triggers, all of these different types of baggage that we could bring in, God redeems and he works through and he's patient with us and desires to grow us and, and change us. So um, another one is, uh, and I, I feel like you've, you've struggled with this a lot. Um, just throughout the years. And it's something that you, that God's totally been working in you and slowly, you know, is bringing to the surface, but inner criticisms, mm-hmm. um, like judging myself and being mm-hmm. my worst critic. Yeah. Uh, like you, those things that, that way of thinking, mm-hmm. it comes from, from when you were younger. Um, and it, it gets amplified by certain things and built on and, um, and if they're not dealt with, then, that's, that's always, you're going to always be viewing yourself from that lens. Yeah, for sure. I can see that. And, uh, when I let those types of thoughts consume me, I, I do get irritated. Mm. And if I'm bothered by one thing already, then, then there's an interaction with us. I kind of just, yeah, I, I'm stuck there. That's what it feels like. Well, and that stuck feeling that, uh, inadequacy or that, that criticism of yourself sometimes manifests in a, in a way of, of, um, failure to continue on, not yeah. like wanting to give up, wanting uh, par- to like, yeah, feeling par- paralyzed, par- par- that's a good emotionally word. Yeah. paralyzed, <laughs> um, which affects us, like you said, and, and, and it affects you and it affects mm-hmm. your relationship with the Lord and mm-hmm. your kids and even friends. Um, some other, another area that baggage manifests is in fears. Yeah. Fears from like actual circumstances that have happened, like to people that, you know, uh, people who have gotten hurt or, mm-hmm. you know, kind of doing that whole worst case scenario type thing. Yeah. I've known people that, that they respond certain ways when they see situations that mimic something that bad that happened yeah. to a, to a friend or a family member. Um, and so they, there's this, this, this fear that ends up being a controlling factor in their yeah way of thinking mm-hmm. and responding and being control. That's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other ones are like just doubts or insecurities from way back in childhood that become a trigger for anxiety. Um, I know something that I've struggled with is things lies that I've believed about myself and in the present, when I experience stress, the, those things get affirmed because I remember, mm-hmm. Oh, see, yeah, I'm bad at this or I, I, you know, I, I can't think of anything in this particular moment, but yeah. I'm like, 
I know. No, that it's almost like self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, oh, look, I, I, I yeah. mess up in this area again. Like I, oh, I couldn't get the, the, this bedroom clean mm-hmm. or this, or, or I couldn't, uh, or in the way I communicated to my friend, oh, look what I did again. Yeah. It's, that's who I am rather than. Right. Which you brought up that verse about, um, being a new creation. And that's what makes it hard to believe that when you're stuck believing the lies. Yeah, that, Cause you, look what I did again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, and, and that's a very common thing. Um, that we, we fall into is believing that because we maybe succumb to a pattern, a way of being that we've had Mm -hmm. for a long time, or that comes with this baggage, that that is who we are. Mm -hmm. But that very thing that we think is what keeps us from growing past that, Mm -hmm. from truly repenting of that way of being, truly being transformed in that area. Because what we're really saying is I'm not, new in that area. That is who I am. Therefore it's going to happen again mm-hmm. <laughs> rather than when it does happen again, I'm going to repent of that thing and know that that's not who I want to be. <laughs> okay. Something that this is like baggage from my life and it's, I've been confronted with it a lot <laughs> and it's a really hard thing to just constantly be confronted with. Uh, but I think I've been making strides in the last, in the, most recent years more than I have in my whole life because I've finally believed it was an issue where before I, I, I believed this lie that no, it's just who I am. That's, Oh, it's because of or, the way or, I was raised. You should just tell them what it is. I was going to say, or minimizing it. Like it's minimizing, not yep. that it's not how you're perceiving it. That's not what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so I, my, my way of communicating <laughs> My way of talking, my way of sharing, my way of, of, uh, using my words and my tones and my facial expressions, uh, in a normal setting can be very passionate, very, uh, I feel like passion is a positive spin on what you're Well, in, in a, oh, in a general gotcha. scenario, yeah. it is a, I, I think a positive thing, but it has so, gotten me into a lot of trouble. Sometimes <laughs> it can sound argumentative or well, sometimes it is argumentative. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it is. Argu- I used to be, I used to love the argument. We'll say this. The, you are a very strong communicator. You're a confident communicator. And sometimes come it just off arrogant. comes off the wrong way. Uh, and comes, then because of all this in situations with me where you're actually stressed, frustrated, uh, there's a problem. You, it sound it comes out and it sounds harsh. And that's where I get sensitive. I'll say like, this. Wait a minute more than one person who were friends of mine told me that when they first met me, they thought I was a big jerk. (laughs) So (laughs) it's not like this is a isolated event. This is a, a a thing that is, has followed me. It's a, when I'm overwhelmed. So on the extreme negative side of this, when I'm overwhelmed or stressed or frustrated or embarrassed or feel guilty, then it comes out in a, in, in harshness in controlling words and, um, and not so compassionate and not, yeah. not yeah, compassionate is not on the list of words that describes what I do. And Jennifer, you, you're, it's, it's interesting how God pairs us up, yeah, pair, <laughs> pairs us up with the people that, um, who is it? Timothy Keller that says this idea that your, your spouse is like a perfect mirror reflecting your sin back at Gary, you. Gary Thomas. Oh, Gary Thomas. Thank you. I was, I was thinking, I was like, it's one of those, those writers that have written. Sacred marriage. Yeah. Sacred marriage. Um, and that's exactly what it is, is 
it, you're sensitive to that. You're, you're sensitive to that way of communicating the harshness in a big way. I think rightly so. And so you, when it happens, when I walk in that past way of being that baggage, when I allow that to be, when I, when I react yeah, rather than respond, it's you shut down and it, it and it hurts you. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard for you to open back up to me in that moment. That's something that we've for 15 years now, it's been a, yeah, I was going to make an, <laughs> I was going to make a note. Cause when we say past baggage, a lot of times it sounds like something or, or is associated with something that happens prior to marriage, which a lot of it does childhood and all of that. But I mean, we've been married 15 years now. So our past baggage is we're creeping into early marriage and that's our, our early marriage <laughs> yeah. baggage yeah. has creeped into our <laughs> yeah, present. now mar- our present marriage. Yeah. I just think that's interesting how like even our recent past, something can happen or an experience, you know, that kind of changes us in a way that if, if, if we're not being willing to examine could follow us and continue a pattern of hurt in our life and in our spouse's life. And it has yeah. in many different ways. Uh, but the, awesome thing is, is when we are willing to see it, which is a form of humility. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, I'm not perfect. Oh wait, I have these issues that need, that God wants to change in me. Mm-hmm. I'm then, I, then it can actually be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, Jennifer, am I perfect at this? <laughs> no, but you have grown a lot. And I also have gotten better. I think this is the biggest thing I've changed in. I've gotten better at receiving when you tell me I'm being harsh. Totally. Where I used to fight and defend yeah. and justify. And I would um, also say that your your level of harsh, being harsh is has not. changed. Yeah. Where in the beginning it was a lot more. Right. You know. But again, that, that baggage from the past goes into how you respond. Yeah. Because you remember how it was and you felt it and all those those all those things still exist yeah. in you. And so that's been something that you've had to learn how to grow in is how to receive me as I change. See, we're complex. Marriage is complex. This is all complex. Super complex. <laughs> but we're figuring we it out. Complex. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, are we, are we choosing to hold on to ways of being because of what's happened in the past? I got a question for you. Wait, I just asked a question. I know. <laughs> Yours sounded rhetorical. No. Uh, it's not, though, because we could be choosing it. But I got a question. Why would someone choose? Hmm. Can I ask you, why do you, have you chosen to hold on to something? Uh, something that came to my mind, and uh, maybe you're, hopefully you're okay with me sharing it. When I sin against you, or when I do something wrong or hurt you, mm-hmm. you're, you have a hard time moving past it, letting go because you're fearful that I won't get it. Like you, yeah, you like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to, I'm trying to describe it carefully. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't know exactly, but I think what you're saying is I, I get afraid that maybe you haven't like learned your lesson or understood how you hurt me. And so now I have to teach you how you hurt me. And so I'm not necessarily saying holding that, like you holding on to that thing, but you holding on to that way of showing your mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. Like the closed offness, the shutting off, the leave me alone. Yeah. Is it something that you think you choose to hold on to? I, I literally thought about it when you asked the question just now. I was thinking, oh, what, why would someone choose that? Choose to hold on to something? 
Yeah, I think I feel like almost in a way it validates why I feel the way that I feel because the moment that I let it go, it's like we're back to square one. I don't know. Well, uh, so here's a, a something I just thought about. There was parts of me like um, so I have my ears pierced. I mean, I don't I don't even have jewelry in them anymore. I used to have these plugs, and it's just a big hole now. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen pictures of me, uh, but that. Um, stuff, uh, my beard, th- things about my persona I held on to mm-hmm. because it, I believed a certain thing about myself that if I had these earrings, if I had this beard, if I dressed this way or whatever it was, I would fit in or stand out or th- these things that I held on to from when I was younger for various reasons. Cause I wanted to be a part of something. It was very hard for me to let those parts of me go mm. or allow them to be changed. So I chose to hold on to those things purely because of the security I felt in how it shaped my identity. Mm. So that was something for me. And it was, do you remember that when mm-hmm. I, it was a very hard season for, which is so funny because all I was doing was taking out these two wood plugs <laughs> out of my ears, but it was a, it was a big deal because I was recognizing how much I was holding on to this picture of who I thought I was. No one else cared <laughs> in the whole world, <laughs> but I had this idea. So I think sometimes people can choose to hold on to this baggage because it actually is a part of our identity. Mm. It's like, well, that if I get, if I let go of that, then I'm that, then I'd cease to be who I am. Mm. Uh, which also is not true because we're so much more than just the way I communicate my uh, harsh words. Or if I yell when I'm angry, like those, those kinds of things that, that that's just for me. Like those are things that can be changing. God wants to change. He wants me to be a better man in those areas. Just for the record, you don't really yell. No, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to give examples of, um, I do get loud <laughs> just mm. when I'm excited or anything. Our, our whole family's really loud actually. No, I, that's a lot different than saying yelling, you just yeah. explain to them that you're harsh and now you just said that and you they're yell. like, Aaron yells. No, no, I, I, no, you're right. I don't really do that, but I'm just trying to say is like, I think that's one reason someone can hold on to it. I don't know if there's any other you could think of, but it's a good question to ask. Are we choosing to hold on to this baggage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we end up choosing it when we make that decision of whether or not we're going to handle what's in that backpack, what's in that bag, what's holding us back, right. what we're holding on to. So it's 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 not necessarily, it may not be an active like I choose this, but more of a I refuse to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want to see this. It's like an apathy towards the, like I'm not going to deal with it. That thing inside of me. Yeah. Like, no, you, you have your stuff and don't like, you're not cheerfully walking around the house with a backpack on, but it is sitting right in front of your Hmm. front entryway. (laughs) So this next note, it it kind of leads into that is, or what we're saying kind of leads into this next note, I should say. Um, Sometimes these things can be subconscious. (laughs) They they could be just parts of us. Mm -hmm. We, we, again, we're the react reactions. Uh, But for the believer, Eventually, God will work these things out to the surface. Yeah, that's true. When we're in his word, when we're in prayer, when we, you know, because we love God and we follow him, eventually God, if it's something that is opposed to his will, if it's something that doesn't align 
with the bride of Christ. It's going to work to the surface. Yeah. Like decades later, have you ever been like, why am I dealing with this right now? <laughs> or, oh, or again, because God, why am I dealing with this again? <laughs> because God loves us and he cares about us. Yeah. That, um, that scripture, like we, we know that we're sons because he disciplines us because mm-hmm. he disciplines those he loves. So that part of that discipline is, is bringing to the surface these things that he desires to remove from us, change in us. Something that is um, important for us to ask ourselves is, do we desire our spouse to grow and change from their past and how it affects them? Like I know this whole this whole episode we've kind of talked about like from our perspective and our point of view, what's in our baggage. But I think another part of the the question here is, do we care about what's happening to our spouse and do we have eyes to see them and what they're going through? Are we able to sift through their responses and reactions to say, hey, there's this thing over here that's bothering you. Mm-hmm. Let's address that. Well, I th- I, th- I think on a, on a, in a wrong way, this is the easiest thing for us to do. Point the finger. <laughs> yeah. Look at this thing. <laughs> that's Jennifer, not how that I meant that question. We're good. I know. But when you were reading it, I was like, that's I was a, like, yes, yeah, we do do that. But we tend to, it's, we tend to have an easier time identifying the issues in our spouse or in anyone else. That's true. Um, but what you're saying, it's also, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say what you're saying is, is the more, is the, what God does desire from us is that we, we, we see these things in our spouse for their good. Not because we want to be right. Right. So like, I actually care about you. Yeah. I want to work this out with you. But I think that can only happen when we can see ourselves in clearly. A right, yeah. In a right way. Yeah, that's true. Because if we're refusing to look at ourselves, then we're, we're always, I think we'll always see wrongly or was, at least with a wrong heart. <laughs> yeah. I was going to add to what you were just saying and, and just explain how, and I don't think that I'm alone in this maybe, <laughs> but it's a, not only is it easier to see like what your spouse is dealing with and how it affects them, but it's, you, it's easier for me to get passionate or, or uh, fired up about, no, you need to change that thing because it's affecting us and it's affecting our marriage mm-hmm. way easier and way more intense than seeing myself clearly and saying, Ooh, that's bad. I need to change that and be right intense away. about yeah. it. Like I'm more light with myself as far, like I'm a hard critic, but I'm light on the side of, I need to change this. <laughs> I, again, I think that's a also a really common thing. We, we tend to be very lenient with our own sin, mm-hmm. but strict yeah. with others. That's what I was trying to say. You simplify things good for me. <laughs> well, but what you, what you said was <laughs> correct. Like, yeah, we we just had a conversation about something that we were like, yeah, that needs to change right now. And then it's like, oh, but I have stuff like what when can I have that same passion for my own yeah. transformation? We real quick, just um earlier we were talking about whether or not we're choosing like to keep the baggage and to hold yeah. on to it. Um so obviously the Holy Spirit talks to us Christians and and walks us through God's word and holds up that mirror. And so we're constantly confronted with sin, whether we'd like to admit it or not. Will you just explain like the consequence of resisting the Holy Spirit, 
quenching the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Like what happens? Do you remember when I would explain to you how heavy I felt when I maybe messed up a little bit in this area and I knew I needed to confess to you, but I didn't want to. And I just, mm-hmm. I just felt like the spirit of God wouldn't let me move past that. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I believe that's something that we can grow in sensitivity to with Christ is that of our sin gets more and more heavy, regardless of how small we think it is. Right. Um, and there's this verse in Psalm 32 I, I just read to you uh, the, just the other day that I feel like described exactly what it feels like when we push away the Holy Spirit, when he comes to us and says, hey, I want to change you in this or I want you to confess this or I want you to move in this way. Um, in Psalm 32, it says, for when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. And I feel like that des- that describes what, it, and this is David writing this, that describes what it feels like and what's actually happening when we, when we push the spirit of God away. When he comes to us and he convicts us and we say, nah, I want something else. I don't want that conviction. And so I just, you, you asked me to describe it. I think that Mm. scripture does, but I think, I think that's something that God wants us to, to learn is how to become sensitive to listening to his spirit and his conviction and his, his moving in our lives rather than more dull. And that's actually the warning that the new Testament gives is, is to not quench the Holy spirit is to not blaspheme the Holy spirit is to not push him away for in doing so we will, harden our hearts mm-hmm. and we, and we don't want to do that. We want to be sensitive and pliable and moldable and open to God and what he has for us. That's really good. Um, sorry to jump back and forth here, but okay. So then we were just talking about how it's easier to see what's going on in our spouse's life and easier to become more like intense about you need to change this area. <laughs> and I was just thinking about Matthew seven, one through five about taking the plank out of your own eye. Read it. Yeah. Why don't we just, uh, let's just read it real quick. So starting in verse one, um, Matthew chapter seven, judge not that you be not judged for what we, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. That's kind of like the whole point of this episode today. It, it like kind of is. Like we yeah. want you to see clearly. And, right? and the purpose of seeing clearly is for the mutual upbuilding an encouragement of your brother or your wife or your friend mm-hmm. in the church. And so we, in removing our plank and allowing the spirit of God to say, Hey, there's look at this plank in your eye. Then we can see clearly in each in someone else's eyes. Mm-hmm. And we can see like, Hey, I'm coming to you out of love and compassion. Here's something I see in you. And I, and let's work on that. Let's grow. And then I think the Lord wants you to change in that. Or get rid of it altogether. Yeah, that's good. So um, we mentioned last episode that you were headed off to a men's retreat and you had a really great time. Your your friend um, 
kind of let out a little message mm-hmm. time and ask some really good questions. And so I was going to ask if you wanted to share those, because those are really good questions to kind of prompt, um, like those listening can go back with their spouse and ask each other. Yeah. The, it, it was breaking up your life into just different categories, marriage, parenting, you know, friends, church, and then asking a few questions in each of those areas for the sake of, of growth. One is the first question is what's something that's tripping you up or keeping you from what you desire in that area. So again, like what baggage is holding you back? What's that thing? And then the next question is, is, um, what's a a goal you do have? Like, so say for your marriage. So it's like a hard and a positive. Yeah. And then the last one is like, what's one step you could take Mm -hmm. today to work toward that goal. Um, but those can work in the same with what we're talking about too, is, is evaluating, okay, what area of my life do I feel like I've just been holding on to something that's affected me? Yeah. And then what's your goal with that? And then what's one step you can take toward ridding that <laughs> from your life, cleaning it out, right? You know, cleaning out those lunch bags <laughs> so they're ready to be used. That's good. So we kind of came up with a couple of actionable steps just to wrap up this episode because we didn't want to leave you empty handed. Uh, but tools. Yeah, tools. Um, so once you recognize something in you that does need to be cleaned out and transformed, what are those steps? Uh, again, we, we talked about this, the, this idea of plank eye or um, being able to see or acknowledge that you have something starts with humbleness. Yeah. It's a posture of your heart. It's saying, I know I'm going to need discipline and transformation. And there's areas of my life, God, that I want you to change or that I don't even know need to be changed, but they're there. So just having a humility, a humbleness to receive, to not only hear from your spouse, but a friend, but most importantly from the Holy spirit and his word and his God's word. word. Yeah. Um, number two would be confess it and acknowledge how it could be tripping you up. Because this is a really important step because you might think about it, but it could be so brief that you brush it off and you don't want to confront it. You don't want to, mm-hmm. you know, call it what it is. Uh, but once you say it out loud, it there's almost like this re- releasing of like, oh, well, there's, good a, to just, there's a freedom that comes yeah. from it. But it also, once you, once you speak it out loud, it becomes a thing that exa- it's heard and now it exists <laughs> and it's known. Um, so that confession, but a true confession, you, we talked about in the beginning, something that kept me from changing was minimizing. This is a tool we use. It's a defense mechanism. If I can minimize the thing, the sin, the way of being, oh, it's not that bad. Oh, it's just my personality. Oh, it's just my upbringing. Oh, it's just my, mm-hmm. my, uh, nationality. Oh, it's just my, whatever you want to call it. And you minimize the the bad attitude. You minimize the harsh way of talking. You minimize the sin behavior. Then you're not actually confessing. What you're doing is you're shrinking and making it seem small and saying, yeah, it's not that bad. But confession is like, you know what? God doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. I want to be, I don't want it because God doesn't want it. On a side note, a part of this confessing and acknowledging is also acknowledging the effect it has on your present and on your spouse because that part's important too, that we can actually right. see it for what it is and go, okay, this hurts people. This, this hurts yeah. people. That's important to be able to acknowledge that. Um, number three would be pray and ask God to keep sculpting you and transforming you and, and change you in that area. 
Yeah, go, go in before the the Father of Lights to make us more light, <laughs> to to make us like His Son Jesus, and that He's the one that does the work in us. He says He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and He also is faithful to complete what He began in us. That good work He began in us, He He completes it. The fourth one, request accountability. Uh, this will most likely, because we're talking about marriage with these things, our spouse is going to be our, our best accountability partner. What does that look like in our marriage? If we let them. <laughs> what does that look like in our marriage? So it means that, Hey, I recognize this thing in me. When you see it, will you help me by saying something, saying something, walking me through it? Yeah. The, the hard part with this is when it's said to us or in our flesh, I do this and you've done this too, Jennifer is, is we don't like how it's said. We don't like that they, they're saying something in that way, in that yeah. time. Yeah. And their tone was off. <laughs> yeah. But the fact that they're saying something is important. And so if we can practice receiving. receiving. So going back to number one, yeah. <laughs> humbling ourselves. This is the song that never And then go back to number two, we can confess it. <laughs> so we can always go back to our spouse later on and be like, hey, I really appreciate you reminding me. Next time, will you be do it gentler? Yeah. You know, so I think just receiving that accountability from our spouse, but also adding on the more we can have it. So bringing it up to our friends, Hey, I've been this way with my family or with my children or with my wife or in general, if you recognize it, will you just, you know, give me a little nudge and say, Hey man, chill out. Remind me of that thing that I'm trying to grow out of. And all this is practice. It's you're walking in practice and as you do it, 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 it gets easier and better even with the accountability, mm-hmm. like we're, we're better at how we keep each other accountable now than what w- we did 15 years ago. Yeah. Right? And hopefully in 15 years, we'll be even better than we are today. Yeah. Hopefully we won't have to keep each other accountable at all. Cause we'll, See, just, we'll be perfect. That's the, f- <laughs> I think that's the fallacy though, is that we think <laughs> one day we're going to be past all this stuff. Okay, all right. The reality is, is we go back to number one, humble ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we need Jesus every day. I like day, that. I like forever. that meme that says, man, I need Jesus to go into Walmart. Like that's, that's true. Like we need Jesus literally every day and we need the gospel of Jesus to remind us every day that we need God and that, that he, and that he's transforming us. So I, I wanted to end with this verse because I feel like this kind of culminates this whole idea because at the end of the day, it's not just like, Hey, let's just be better people there's something beautiful that God's doing and it's in second Corinthians three, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the spirit. This is what Christ wants for us is true eternal freedom. And we get to experience it now in various ways and in little ways and in big ways as God is transforming us into the same image of Christ. And I love that it says, and for a long time, I didn't understand what this means, from one degree of glory to another. And there's another scripture that reiterates this, you know, from glory to glory. Mm -hmm. So from one degree of glory to another. The fact is, is you are currently a new creation. And daily be being made a new creation. <laughs> that, that's the reality. Yeah. We we are new. And then on, on an even larger scale, even before Christ, 
before you believed in Christ, you were made in his image. In his image, he made a male and female. We're made in God's image. And then in Christ, we're being made into that same image. So from one degree of glory to another. And so it's a constant, just moving on up. <laughs> we're, we're, he's changing us every day. So I just want to encourage you guys listening that it's for freedom that God's doing this with us and he's, and he's transforming us because he loves us. So I hope that encourages you. It does me. All right. Uh, weekly challenge for those of you who are taking up our challenges and doing awesome things. Uh, this week is take each other by surprise. It could be sweet or it could be sneaky. You could do a prank. You can scare each other or be silly. <laughs> Jennifer likes the sneaky kind. And the silly, I like anything that's... The sneaky I like anything that's surprising and funny. Um, I just want to share real quick. A friend of mine surprised her husband over the weekend when he was gone and cleaned out his entire garage and got him a toolbox to organize all of his stuff. I saw that. That was awesome. That is that's sweet sneaky. and sneaky. And depending on the kind of person, could be scary. <laughs> Where'd you put my... Where is everything? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, that's kind of a big... That's a big one, but... Also that friend surprise. whose garage was cleaned out. You love to scare whenever yes. possible. Yes, we do. So we collectively, we, we do <laughs> actually a lot of people at our church love to <laughs> scare. Oh, Cody. That's funny. Okay. So, so do something for your spouse that they haven't had time for. That's just like an easy example. You could clean out the car for them. You could organize a closet or paint a dresser, um, shred those papers that they stack on top of the shredder. Hey. <laughs> I do do that. Um, anyways, these are just silly ideas, but good job. Do you have anything to add? <laughs> nope. <Okay. laughs> Shall we pray? Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for the way your truth transforms our lives. Thank you for not giving up on us. Our heart aches over the sin in our lives that cost you everything. We pray we would honor you by acknowledging and confessing our sin. We pray we would not hold onto anything that we shouldn't. If we are hoarding anything from our past that is having a negative effect on us, we pray we would be diligent and courageous to take that step to reconcile with you and restore any parts of our marriage we broke down because of things we hold on to or ways we believed about ourselves or each other. We pray we would be willing to surrender to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Marriage After God podcast. If you found today's episode fun and encouraging, please take a moment to share it on social media or in an email to some of your married friends. Also, would you please take a moment and leave us a review? Reviews help to spread the word about our podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode, and you can always check out more of our resources at marriageaftergod.com. You can follow us on social media for more marriage encouragement on Facebook and Instagram at Marriage After God, at Husband Revolution, and at Unveiled Wife. We hope you have an incredible week and look forward to sharing more with you next week on the Marriage After God podcast. Hey, Marriage After God friends. Thank you for your continued faithfulness in listening each and every week. Jennifer and I have often shared with you about how important prayer is in the life of a believer. It's so important, in fact, that we're told this in 1 Thessalonians. Rejoice always. 
Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It is God's will for us to pray, and we want to inspire you to begin praying for your spouse and marriage every day. This world hates marriage, and so does our enemy, because he knows the power that your marriage is meant to have in this world. He knows that if you and your spouse are praying and chasing boldly after God together, that the impact Christ will have in and through you will be powerful. So we need to be praying more than ever before. Our heart is to encourage you along with everyone who listens to this show to be praying for your spouses and your marriages, to be strengthened, renewed, healed, prepared, and empowered to do the ministry that God has for you to do in this world together. So, Jennifer and I would love to invite you to join the thousands of other couples in taking our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. This is a completely free and fun way to build a habit of prayer in your marriage. All you have to do to join is visit marriageprayerchallenge.com and fill out the registration form. Once you do that, you will begin to receive an email every day from us during the 31 days to not only remind you to pray for your spouse, but we'll also give you various topics and prompts to help you know what to pray for. We dare your marriage to start praying like never before. Start the challenge today at marriageprayerchallenge.com.